be at your presence. Lord, we pray that you will teach us this morning in Jesus' name. Let each and every one of us, O oh Lord, experience that which we need to transform our life in the name of Jesus. And by the end of this session, this service, let us all go home victorious in Jesus' name. In Jesus' mighty name we have prayed. Amen. Praise the Lord. By the grace of God, today's sermon will come in the form of a teaching. I want to talk to you about a biblical guide to uncommon financial success. A biblical guide to common financial success. Beloved, I want to tell you this morning that God is interested in your success. God is interested in you doing well. If you look at our anchor text from the book of Matthew 25, verse 14 to 30, we can see here the parable of the three servants. And because the text is very long, I'll be paraphrasing. So, the story goes to us, once upon a time, there was a rich man who was going on a journey. And this rich man has servants. And he called three of those servants. He said, I'm going on a journey, and here you are, certain gift or certain um, talent for you to trade with while I am away. He gave one five talents, or you can say five bags of silver. He gave another um, two bags. And he gave the last one a bag for them to trade it while he is away. And at the end of it, when he returned, the first two servants actually traded with the talents that God has given, that the, um, the rich man has given them. And they doubled it before the rich man returned. And interestingly, the last servant, Instead of him trading with it, he actually went to hide the talent that he was given. And the master gave a response, which you can see in verse 28, 29, and 30. He said to them, take the money from this servant and give it to the one with ten bags of silver. And to those who use well what they have been given, even more will be given. And they which have an abundance, and they will have an abundance. But from those who do nothing, even what little they have will be taken away. Verse 30. Now throw this useless servant into outer darkness where there will be weeping and gnashing of teeth. So you can see here that this master gave them resources. He was expecting to see what results. But for the two servants, they gave, they got results. They doubled what they have been given. But the last servant, instead, he did without doing anything with it. And that's what, what he has was actually taken away to give and was given to the person with 10. There are some key lessons that we can see here. One of these is in the perspective of God. God wants us to be profitable stewards. God has given each and every one of us resources. God has given each and every one of us skills. He wants us to be profitable stewards of those um, resources. Another interesting point that you can see is that God doesn't like waste. God hates waste. So we as Christians, we must avoid waste. If you look at John chapter 6 verse 12, Jesus Christ, after he has fed the 5,000, he said to the disciple, gather the fragments. Gather the fragments so that nothing is lost. That tells you that Jesus Christ is in, interested even in the minute detail. He doesn't want a waste and he doesn't want anything to be lost. And another interesting point is God expects us to manage our finances well with discipline. So when we talk about one experiencing uncommon financial success, these are key points that we will need to pay, bear in mind. The resources that you have, God has given to you, and how are you managing that resources? How are you using it? And if you are able to pay attention to these three points, the end product is financial success. Hallelujah. Now, let's talk about financial success. You know, to many of us, we have different perspectives, different definitions. 
Many of us, what we consider success might be different from what somebody else else consider as success. But I want to tell you that the real wealth is not what you can see with your eyes. Hallelujah. The real wealth is not in what you can see with your eyes. The real wealth is riches that has not been converted into what you can see. Hallelujah. So when we talk about you becoming financially successful, we are talking about you building wealth. Hallelujah. So let's look at the book of 3 John chapter 1 verse 2. 3 John chapter 1 verse 2, the Bible says, Beloved, I wish above all things that thou mayest prosper and be in health, even as thy soul prospereth. Your soul prospering here refers to a born-again Christian who loves God, who is serving God, who is heaven-conscious and on his way or is on way to heaven. But as your soul prosper, the word of the Lord is saying, God wants you also to prosper in the physical. God wants you also to be in good health. So it is the will of God for his children to be financially successful. Put it this way. The discussion this morning is not about introducing you to a Ponzi scheme or a pyramid scheme at all. Hallelujah. It is about showing you what the word of the Lord says about you. Where God wants you to operate. Sometimes ago, I read this book called The Psychology of Money. And the author said, doing well with money has a little to do with how smart you are and a lot to do with how you behave. Praise God. You see, in economics, there is a branch that is called uh, behavioral economics. It focuses not only on the numbers, but how people behave. And the reality is, the more money you get, it just amplifies who you are. If you are a natural giver, when you get more money, you will give more. If you are a very stingy person, when you get more, when you become successful, you will actually hoard more to yourself. And that is some of the behavior that comes with finances. So if you look at what this person is saying, is that you, you having money or doing well with the money that you have is a function of how you behave. And so far, studying the scripture, I can identify three mindsets. Three mindsets that has to do with behavior in terms of managing money. The first mindset is the spend it all mindset. If you look at Luke chapter 15, verse 11 to 32, we can see the story of the prodigal son. Bible tells us in verse 13 to 14, it says, not long after that, the younger son got together all he had, set forth for a distant country, and there squandered his wealth in, the, in wide living, verse 14. After he had spent everything, there was a famine in that old country, and he began to be in need. That's a mindset. He has the wealth, he squandered the wealth, he spent it on wide living, and famine came. Hallelujah. You want to know an example of famine? 2020. Hallelujah. Now, I know a number of people who moved to a new country with the idea that, okay, as long as I can afford the first two months, I will work in order for me to afford the remaining. But 2020 came. Nobody can go out. There was lockdown. That plan will be set back. Hallelujah. If you are such a person that spend all that you have, when, even if you are still in work and maybe, for example, you are followed and you get 80% of your pay and you spend 100%, 110% before then, what happens? You'll be in deficit of maybe 20%, 30%, and so on. That is a mindset. Got the wealth, got the resources, spend it all. People that operate in this level always say to them, themselves, there is more where this one came from. I will spend it and I will get more. But the reality of it is, you are not the master of the universe. You are not in control. That is a mindset. And the, re- the truth is, 
No one is actually impressed by what you spend the money on. You might, people might look at you and smile and admire you. They are not really admiring you. They are looking at themselves how they want to be when they get to your level. That is it. So it's not that they appreciate you or they admire you to that extent. No, they are picturing themselves where you are. So if you spend money in trying to get people to admire you, you are only deceiving yourself. The truth is, spending money to show people how much money you have is the fastest way to have little or no money at all. So while you are spending your money, when you go to Tesco and you are buying stuff, are you buying it because you want people to know that you can spend or you have money or you are buying it because you need it? It's a question for you to answer. So this is a particular mindset. Let's look at another mindset. This is the status quo mindset. Matthew 25, verse 25, our text. You can see that the servant said, Master, I was afraid I will lose your money. So I hid it in the earth. Look, here is your money back. He was afraid to take risk. He doesn't want to lose the money. Is it a bad thing? Yeah? Not necessarily a bad thing, right? But then, when you have been given a tool for you to work with, and you sit down with the tool, you are underutilizing the tool, you are not fulfilling the purpose for which you have been given that tool, then it is no longer a good thing. Hallelujah. These are people, don't forget we are talking about money, okay? These people that find themselves with this mindset are the people that they just keep their money wherever, maybe in the bank, for example. Last week, in the UK, I believe the uh, the inflation figure was released and it was 1.7%. Before then, it was about 0.5 and 0.7%. So within a few months, inflation has gone up by 1% in addition. And your bank account, the best interest you can get, maybe 0.4%. So in real time, what's happening to your money? You're losing money. Because the purchasing power of 500 pounds 10 years ago is different from what it is now. Amen. No, I'm a Nigerian. And I always remember... I think 2013, when I was, I was about leaving Nigeria, I was going to Hong Kong. The exchange rate was one Hong Kong dollar was 21 naira. Today, one Hong Kong dollar is maybe 63 naira. Let me just say times three. How many years is that? Less than 10 years. So if you maintain the status quo, then inflation and all the other things will take away the money. The last mindset that we will consider is the growth mindset. Verse 20, he said, Master, you gave me what? Five bags of silver to invest, and I have earned five more. Hallelujah. So, wealth tends to accumulate in the hands of people who save and invest. Wealth tends to accumulate in the hands of people who save and invest. There is no way you can go about Look, if you win lottery, there are many people who won lottery and today they are homeless. So, in order for you to accumulate wealth, saving investment is very, very important. And those who spend money frivolously, wealth will slip out of their hands because they can't hold on to it. And those who do nothing, we discover they will always chase it and we don't get it because they are literally doing nothing. So the mindset I want you to leave this place with is a growth mindset. What has God given to you? What are you doing what God has given to you. 
It could be skills. It could be ability. It could be a job. Hallelujah. It might be in a job. There are people who want that job and they are not getting it. So it's not because you are qualified. It is just by the grace of God that you are in that position. At the point when I was completing my PhD, I was applying for jobs here and there. And somebody was saying only 5% of those who have a PhD gets a permanent academic position. At that point, I didn't know. So if out of 5% and you get an advert and a lot of people are applying, you know what it takes. Because when they rank it, somebody will always want to be better than you. But then when God gives you that position, what are you doing with it? Hallelujah. So, my encouragement to you this morning, that what God has given to you, grow it. Hallelujah. Just say to yourself, what God has given to me, I will grow it. Let's look at some practical steps on how to build on common financial success. I try as much as well to be a very practical person. And one of the first things in the step is for you to be productive. Okay? Be productive and get your priorities right. Hallelujah. Be productive and get your priorities right. Bible tells us in the book of Proverbs chapter 24 verse 27. He said, put your outdoor work in order and get your feeds ready. After that, do what? Build your house. Hallelujah. Getting your feed ready, building your house, they are very important. Hallelujah. These are very important things. They are not luxury. But then, your field being ready is a means of survival. Your feed being ready is a job. Hallelujah. It's what you do. And here we have been told that you should get your field ready. It means get a job if you don't have it. This is very important. I know a lot of us, we are working, we are trying our best. Yes, that's good. But there are people that have made up their mind that they are not working. Don't be surprised. You know, I, as an individual, I try to seek knowledge. And I like watching documentaries. When you watch certain documentaries, you just begin to wonder, how can people think this way? Hallelujah. So, there are people that find themselves in that position. So, for you to be productive or for you to achieve financial success, you need to be productive. Ecclesiastes chapter 9 verse 10, Bible says, whatsoever thy hand findeth to do, it says what? Do it with all thy might. Do it with all thy might. Colossians chapter 2 verse 23. The New International Version says, Whatever you do, work at it with all your art as working for the Lord, not for human masters. Are you studying? Study diligently. Study as if your destiny, your success in life depend on it. Are you working? Be diligent. Praise God. You know, we find ourselves in a, in, in, in a different environment. Sometimes when I look, talk to uh, maybe siblings, friends, uh, or people that are a bit younger than me, of course, I'm very young, and I discover that the mindset is, has completely changed. I know people like Roy will look at me and say, the mindset has changed, but I also look at some people and say, the mindset has changed completely. Thinking about the time studying in Nigeria myself for my undergraduate, it's what we call, that's what we call night class. It means you have to go and read at night, you know? And then you, you know, people start counting the number of candles that they burn and things like that because there was no power, so you have to burn candles. But now, if I talk to people and I say, oh, so how well are you studying? How long are you studying? I can count it by one, one finger or one hand. And I'm wondering how things has changed. You know, getting admission in Nigeria wasn't also very easy. So I went for, I did pre-degree. That's what we call pre-degree in Nigeria. It's just like what you say foundation in the UK. And then after that, if you are studying engineering, you had five years to it, you know. So, 
the very night I went for the entrance exam, because I was staying with a family friend, it wasn't convenient, I went to the class, and I read all through the night. So when I get there, get back to the hostel to freshen up and then go to the exam hall, the guy was just shouting, where was I all through the night? I said, I was reading. You know, he was surprised. And he made a statement. He said, if you do this, if you continue like this, somebody will like you. That was a professor in our department. And you will graduate, if not top of your class, part of the very top. That was a statement I held on to. And indeed, it happened. As a student, diligence is very crucial. Bible says, see thou a man who is diligent in his work. He will stand before kings and not mere men. So if you are studying, studying as if your life depends on it. If you are praying, pray as if your life depends on it. I pray God will help us in Jesus' name. You know, there are many people who work and they just do the work because mm, I just have to do it. Even though you don't like the job, this is not where you want to be. Do it with the whole of your mind. And I tell you, Somebody will see you and say, no, this person is different. What can we do to help you? How can we move you forward? So, excellence or recognition and financial success comes with productivity and diligence. And that key that I will consider in terms of getting your priority right is your association. If your friends are the people that count the number of ladies that they have talked to in a night, night, night out. Yeah? Then you will find yourself thinking in that part. But if you have friends that all they think about is something meaningful, you will also start thinking in that direction. There's this person in America, I don't know if, you, if anyone has heard about him, call him Dave Ramsey. He said... Check yourself. Your best 10 friends or 5 friends, in the next 5 years, your income with those people will only be different maybe by 5 or 10%. What, that, what does that mean? It means if, you are, if your friends are high earners, 5 years time, you will also become an high earner. Why? They will tell you there is an opportunity somewhere. They will tell you what they do to improve their career and then you will also follow through. And then before you know it, you're already doing very well. Check your association. Bible says, walk with the wise and become wise. Associate with fools and get in trouble. The next point that we will consider is that you, be, you need to be a generous giver. Bible says, honor God with your substance or with your finances, your tithes, your offering, your first fruits, and you need to help the needy. Luke chapter 6 verse 38 says, Give, and it shall be given unto you. Good measure, pressed down, shaking together, shall what men give unto your bosom. If you have not give, how do you expect to receive? Hallelujah. So giving is one of the Keys to unlocking financial success. That's why you see Bill Gates and the likes, they have charities. They fund research, malaria vaccine, giving, donating. I've heard sometimes that Bill Gates said he's going to donate all that he has before he died. And yet today he's still the world richest man. How come he has, the world has not even finished? The people of this world, they understand the principle. They apply the principle. And then Christian says, it's not even enough for me. <laughs> Hallelujah. The truth is, the higher you earn, the more you spend. And the more you spend, the more you keep saying, it's not enough. So how do you get to that point that you give without looking back? Proverbs chapter 9 uh, chapter 3, verse 9 to 10 says, Honor the Lord with thy substance and with the first fruit of all thy increase. Here again, it says, So shall thy bound, bounds be filled with plenty and thy presses shall burst out with new wine. That's the scripture. Action first, 
results follow. For every action, there will be equal or opposite reaction. It's the law of physics. And here you can see in the Bible, give shall be given unto you. Honor God and what? Your, your ban will burst out. Proverbs 28 verse 27 says, Those who give to the poor will lack nothing. But those who close their eyes to them receive many causes. It's not me. It's the Bible. So, for us to enjoy that financial success, give without expecting anything in return. As Christians, we have been called to be stewards. We have been called to give. We have been called to support the kingdom causes, to give sacrificially, to give cheerfully, to give privately and consistently. And I pray the Lord will bless us as we do this in Jesus' name. The third point, which is very practical, is that you need to spend less than you earn. Hallelujah. You need to spend less than you earn. Proverbs 21 verse 20. Bible says, In the house of the wise are stores of choice food and oil, but a foolish man divorce all he has. So somebody that spends all that he has, who is that? What is that person? He's a fool. I'm not the one that said so. The Bible says it. So ask yourself, are you wise? If you spend all that you have, then the Bible is saying that that person is a foolish person. Contentment is a key to actually spending less than you earn. There are many times, you know, when you browse, you see adverts, this is good, this is that, and then you keep buying, you keep buying, or maybe you follow somebody on Instagram, and the person is changing wears, changing uh, necklace, changing earrings and the likes, and you feel like, ah, I need to get that stuff. You don't even know if it is an ad, or they just give the person to, to wear for pictures. And then you start chasing that lifestyle, and you will never get there, because <laughs> the goalposts will continue to move. Contentment with what we have is the key to actually uh, you getting uncommon financial success. Alongside contentment, we need self-control. We always want something. You will always desire something. You always want more. But how do you control yourself? So if you want to spend less than you earn, you need a budget. Hallelujah. You need what? You need a budget. John Maxwell said, budget is you telling your money where to go instead of wondering where the money has actually gone. So when you budget, you say, this and this is an amount I want to spend on food, on clothes, on house rent, on investment, on giving. Break it down before the money comes in and stick to the budget. In that way, you have been intentional with your finance. And when you are intentional with your finance, you will definitely see the results. Bible says in the book of Luke chapter 14, verse 28 to 30, it says, suppose one, one of you want to build a tower. Won't you first sit down and estimate the cost to see if you have enough money to complete it? If you did not sit down to count the cost, you will discover that you get halfway, you cannot proceed anymore because the resources is no more there. There are some budgeting rules, and this is one that I like a lot. 100, 10, 20, 70. 100% of your income, 10% tight, 20% investment, 70% expenses. Anything that cannot fit into 70%, come back next month. If you cannot do that, you will overspend. There are many of us, every month, we spend 120% of our income. Why? Credit card. And then you keep on carrying the balance over and over and over again. Bible says in the book of Habakkuk chapter 2, verse 22, it says, And the Lord answered me and said, Write the vision and make it plain on the table that he may run that readeth it. Write your budget down. 
If you want to use a spreadsheet, use a spreadsheet. If you want to use an app, use an app. There are a number of apps. If you want more, come and ask me later. If you want to use Notepad, use Notepad. Write it down. Be intentional. In fact, when you go for shopping, write a list. Anything not on the list, no. Otherwise, you keep spending, spending, spending. Then you wonder, one year later, what do I have? Nothing. I pray God help us in Jesus' name. Now, some people might say, budgeting, writing down is a heart of faithlessness. You don't, you are not, uh, you are not a strong Christian. Hallelujah. But I will tie that pe- those people to look at James chapter 2, verse 14 to 18. You know, James said here, that what does it profit, my brethren, if someone says he has faith and does not have work? Can faith save him? Verse 17, he says, those also faith by itself, if it does not have works, is dead. But someone will say, you have faith, and I, and I have works. Show me your faith without your works, and I will show you my faith by my works. Hallelujah. So the journey to financial success is part. Is faith, yes. We believe God can give us whatever he wants to give us. But then we need to walk our way through. Otherwise, you could have sit down, not walking, and then expect money to land in your bank account. If money does not land in your bank account without working for it, why would you allow the money that came in to just go that way without actually making it work for you? If you find yourself that you engage in impulse buying, what do you do? On that app that you use, whether Amazon, whether AliExpress, Alibaba, whatever the name might be, put that item in the waiting, in the wish list. Put it in the wish list and then come back one week later. If you still want it, then you can say, okay, maybe it's worth it. Come back one week later. If you still want it, or if you think you still need it, then you can consider buying. So if you cannot control impulse buying, use the wish list. That is why it's there. Put it there. Come back later. Because many people will buy stuff, and then one week later, they regret buying it already. I think now, this platform, they are very nice. You can buy and return, buy and return, buy and return. If you buy and return all the time, how will you even balance your budget? Because you need to spend more time thinking about it again. Brethren, we need to control our spending. And if you fail to do this, you will be in financial trouble. And that leads us to our next point. Pay off bad debts. Pay off bad debts. Okay? From what I'm saying, if you have any question, use the Slido page. And then I will answer your question. I can see if there's any question that is relevant. Okay, so there is a growing debt problem in the UK. There is a growing debt problem, okay? And you see, there, there is a statistics here. This 12.8 million is the number of households that do not have any saving or less than 1,500 in their bank account as a family. You know? The average total debt per household is about 60,000. So when you see that shining car, <laughs> there is more to it. Hallelujah. I begin to think I'm a Christian. Eh? God, why are you doing me this way? But you don't know what is going, what is actually happening with people's finances. The average credit card debt per pay per person is about 2,595 average revolving. And for every of those balance, you keep paying interest. Interest, interest, interest. You know, after this message, I want to encourage you. There is a new documentary on, on Netflix. It's called Money Explained. Please watch it if you have Netflix. Money Explained. So debt is a very big issue. But I'm not here to tell you that all, all debts are bad. Okay? If you, I believe some of us are students, we need student loan to study. It's like investing in yourself. Some of us have houses and you need to pay your, you need mortgage to buy the house. 
I could say some debts are good, but I'm talking about you paying off the bad debts, the high interest uh, debts. Sometimes ago, there was a shop in Swansea City Center. The shop has closed now. If you need a fridge, you can buy and pay weekly. You can pay daily. When you go there, you buy a shiny fridge, take it home, and every week you pay. But if you calculate how much you pay at the end of pay of that period, you can be paying five times more. You can see loan, 500 and something percent APR. If you don't know what APR means, it's a way of calculating how much interest you will pay. And you don't wonder, 500%. Even interest rate is 0.4%. You know, sometimes ago, I, I, I decided that if I'm renewing my car insurance, I will not pay monthly. Because when you pay monthly, what that means is you are taking credit. And then, what did they do? They had interest. Even the road tax. My car, the road tax is 205. If I'm paying monthly, I pay 210. And I asked myself, which account do I put 205 and I will get 5% interest in one year? None. And I say, I'm not giving you five, five, uh, five pounds anymore. Sit down with the numbers. Okay? So if you have any high interest rate de- uh, debt, pay it off. You can use different strategies. We have the one that you pay the smallest balance first and then pay the minimum of the rest. Or you pay the one with the highest interest rate first and you pay the minimum on the rest until you finish paying it off. One thing that is very crucial in the UK, as for students, never miss a payment. Never what? Miss a payment. You know, there are so many times we say never say never. But an example of never that you will say again is never miss a payment and never take a payday loan. If you miss a payment, if you stay on your credit record at least for, the, for six years, and in six years, it means that you will struggle to even get a phone contract. It's the reality. Not to talk of buying a house. Never. So if you want to avoid that, set up minimum payment by direct debit. And then pay up the rest when you, when you have the time. You have to be on top of it. Otherwise, somebody will finish you. Somebody is getting millions every year as bonus. It's your money. And you are still struggling. The last point we will consider, because of our time, I'm already overshooting time, is grow. I hope I'm not wasting somebody's time. The last point we will consider is grow your money by saving first, then investing. Again, the author of Psychology of Money said, building wealth has little to do with your income or investment return. And it has a lot to do with your savings rate. What this means is, if you are saving 20 20 pounds per month, do it consistently every month. And 10 years time, check it. How much do you have there? Warren Buffett is one of the richest men in the whole world. He's an investor. But how did he become very rich? It is compounding. At first year, it appears nothing is happening. Second year, nothing is happening. But look at it. Ten years, something is already growing. It's compounding effect. So you as a Christian, you might think it's small, but then put it there. Bible says that go to the ant, you sluggard. Consider his ways and be wise. It has no commander, no overseer or ruler. Yet it stores its provision in the summer and gathers its food at harvest. So brethren, as Christians, you need to save money. You know, saving an emergency fund will help you to avoid going into debt when, un- when the unexpected happens. Somebody will see emergency there and say, are we not Christian? Are we not praying that there should be no emergency? <laughs> Praise God. At least 1,000 pounds somewhere that you won't touch. Because if you are driving a car, you never can tell when the engine will just start smoking. And you need to fix it. Because you need it for your work job. Or your laptop will just pack up and you need to buy something else. And because you don't have any money, you go into debt. So it is very important for you to save before, uh, as soon as possible. 
I will wrap up with these few points on investing. Your first investment should be in yourself. If you notice, I've mentioned certain books that I've read alongside the Bible. It's investing in yourself. The knowledge is there. But if you don't go for it, it will not just fly on you. It won't jump on you. You need to invest in yourself. Understand what you are doing. And if you are investing, please invest in businesses and bricks only. Businesses means companies that employ people, companies that you know that they do something. On Instagram and Twitter, social media, now you see people tell you, I can double your money in one day. And they, you see them with shining Porsche that they, that they want to borrow to pose. Be careful. Any investment that is not tangible, wrong. Otherwise, it's, it can be a Ponzi scheme. They collect Peter's money to pay Paul, and then when there is no more Peter to pay, everything crumbles and you'll be at loss. They can pay you 500 pounds after you pay 200 pounds, but when nobody is paying anymore, you have already given them your 500 pounds, they're wrong. Okay? So be very careful. There are some other options that you have in the UK. You can invest tax-free using different tax products. Find out about it. And avoid the pressure to make it quickly. Bitcoin was going up until Elmox said something and everything just went down. Investment that a single man will say something and everything will just, ah! Imagine you place your life in savings or your pension there and you're about to retire and everything, 40% just gone. Because one man tweeted 180 characters. <laughs> Lastly, do not invest what you do not have. When you go and borrow money, you know, you think about it, yeah? Somebody said, if I borrow money to study and I take student loan, it's investing in myself. What if I take loan to put in the stock market and, and then the stock market now, Dr. Stelfa? <laughs> when I look at my stock market app, everything is red. In the past, the last, in the past one week or so, everything is red. Now imagine I needed that money. I will sell at loss. Don't invest what you do not have. But if you do invest, there is a benefit. And that is the only way you can actually grow your wealth. I will leave you with these few books. The Richest Man in Babylon, The Psychology of Money, Rich Dad, Poor Dad. If you have not read them, or if you have read them in the past, please try to read them. This is alongside the Bible, okay? Very crucial, very crucial. Bible has the fundamental principle. In, in conclusion, there is no magic formula for financial success. However, there are principles. And it is the will of God for his children to be successful in all spheres of life. Investing into your future is not an act of anxiety. Pay into your pension. Don't say, uh, we don't know what will happen tomorrow. <laughs> you know, all those kind of talks. No. It's not, an, it's not that you do not trust God. No. It's you allowing work to go alongside your faith. And everyone must save for a raining day. So if you don't have any money anywhere that you can fall back on, make it your top priority from now on. Okay? And to enjoy success... You need God to back you up. There is no two way about it. To enjoy, you know, there are many people that are rich, wealthy, but they are not enjoying it. But for you to enjoy that success, you need God to back you up. And that is from your relationship with Christ. He says, the cattle on the thousand hills are mine. So God is able to give you that desire of yours. So in the Bible, there are points that tells you, uh, do not care about money, but then there are points that tell you the importance of money. Okay? It is not contradictory, actually. It is just saying it is, money is not the most important thing. But the most important thing is the life lived in Christ. So we've laughed, we've gotten some message, but if 
you don't know Christ or you don't have a relationship with him, I want to encourage you to give your life to Christ this morning. If you are struggling financially, I want to encourage you to hand over everything to God and then see what God will do in your life. Why not bow down your heads and just pray with me? Ask God for help in that area that you are struggling. Ask God for mercy. Ask God for grace. Ask God for strength. Ask God for help. Ask God for him to help you to trust him completely with your money. 100% income, 10% tight, 20% investment, 70% expenses. Giving that to God, that first 10% is very crucial. And I pray the Lord will help each and every one of us to do this in Jesus' name. There are questions, but I didn't see them earlier. Okay, so um, there's a question here. I'll try to quickly answer them. But if I can't complete them, we can look at them uh, maybe subsequently. So someone is saying, is the 10-20-70 rules not encouraging spending more than you save? Not really. You see, the 10-20-70 rules is just a guide. You need to make it work for you as an individual. Okay, if you're not paying rent then you don't have a larger expense. If you're not paying mortgage, maybe no large expenses. Okay? But if you are paying, if you don't have certain expenses, you can decide to make your income or your savings 70%. You can do that depending on your individual uh, expenses. But I understand for a number of us, we have certain bills to pay. That's very huge. So that is why I mentioned that number. It can be adjusted. Okay, so if someone doesn't have an income and they are reliant on student finance, how do they go about managing their finances and budgeting? Uh, if this money that is coming in from the student finance is set, okay, if it's confirmed that, okay, this is how much you get, you can as well treat it as income. The only thing is, it won't be counted as, you can't use that for credit card, mortgage, you know, but you can treat it as income and then save as you should when it comes to income. Okay, that's my view. Uh, someone said, can you explain payday loan, please? Okay, so sometimes they go, there was, there, I think they still exist now. One of it is called Wonga. So if you don't have, if your salary is to come in on the 30th of the month, by 20th of the month, you don't have any money, you can go to them, they will give you your salary, but then they can charge you 500% or 50% of the, that's the rate, okay? So what that means is they give you your salary in advance, but you pay them interest. Some people, you pay a fee up front. Maybe if you want to get 500 pounds, they can say the fee is 50 pounds. So you pay 50 pounds to get 500 pounds. So when you get your salary, you pay them back. But this is a very a terrible, vicious cycle because some people have gotten to the extent that they collect from one to pay the other, and that is the circle. So you want to avoid it even starting before you say you want to withdraw yourself. Okay, so how do you balance investment with security? Considering the fact that higher risk investment yield more money and low risk, low risk ones usually yield so little. I, I think, like I said, if whatever you cannot afford to lose, don't invest it. So if you are investing, you can start small, 25 pounds. If you can afford to, let it go. So whatever you cannot afford to lose, don't invest it. Okay? I know that's a very short answer, but if you want more, we can have a chat after this. Should paying the tithe be the first thing you should do? Or are you okay to pay it on a Sunday? I would say paying of tithe is the first thing I do. So what I do is set up the standard order every month you just leave my account on the first even before i wake up it has already gone and then if i come back to church i can fill the envelope when we used to fill the envelope and that one makes it easier so i know what i have and that is what i will spend first of let it go and that is you actually honoring god okay if you want to make it on sunday you can also do that there is no other fast rule but if you are saying this is for god let it be for god okay so if you are receiving pocket money from your your parents, do you still pay tight? If you are receiving pocket money from your parents, do you still pay tight? It depends on you. Okay? It depends on you. 
while I was a student, I received pocket money. For the first few years, I wasn't paying tight on it because the money wasn't even enough, yeah? But after some time, I discovered that whether it, I have more, it will never even still be enough. So I decided that pocket money, I will give my tight. And since that time, I've not looked back. There's a difference. So you need to think, consider it. For me, I've tried both ways. And I think giving it works for me best, which I would encourage anybody to. So, last question. Is it advisable to fix direct debit on the same day as payday? It depends on who you work with. Let me put it that way. There are some employers that they pay, payday is sure. There are some employers that internet, the connection or the software that they use can have glitches. And so if you make it the same day, there is every likelihood that if something happens, you will go into overdraft. And overdraft is another terrible thing. I know student, you have 2,000 pounds overdraft on your student account. It's not free money. It's 40% APR at the moment. 40%. So if you take out 100 pounds extra, minus 100, you are paying 40% on it. So don't go there, please. And there are people, five years after graduating, they are still paying back the, the overdraft because it has skyrocketed. So please be mindful. So I would suggest that you make it the day after the payday. Make your draft, direct debit the day after the payday or you can decide to make it a day before the payday but make sure the money is always there to pay it. So whichever works best for you. I pray God will help us in Jesus' name. If you want more, you can talk to me. You can talk to Dr. Austin. So he can also give you the, um, his wisdom. And I pray God bless us in Jesus' name. And I'm sorry I took quite a lot of time. I'm so sorry.